Welcome to this very special episode of the Blackhawks Insider Podcast, where we have none other than Blackhawks General Manager Kyle Davidson joining me, Kaylee, and Colby moments after the trade deadline has expired in what was an unprecedented NHL trade deadline, talking to a lot of people who have been covering this league for a long time, including my on-air broadcast partners, Troy Murray and Patrick Sharp. They've told me that they never saw a trade deadline as active as the 2023 NHL version. So it's really cool that we have the general manager, Kyle Davidson, on with us, a guy who brokered a lot of the madness before the trade deadline this year. Kyle, um, first of all, your thoughts on this, on, on how exceptional of a trade deadline this was big picture. I mean, did you think that this was about as crazy of a trade deadline as one that you'd ever been a part of? Yeah, it's, it's you know, even from last year, which was my first trade deadline in charge, um, you know, that was pretty hectic, but we didn't have quite the activity that we did this time. And then obviously, you know, with, with the Patrick Kane situation and, and the different trades we made, we were very active and we sold a lot of pieces, but... Um, through that, I think we gained some some incredible future draft capital, uh, put ourselves in a great op- uh, situation to to really build this the right way and 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 invest in the future and 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 really just capitalize on on what is to come and what what we've banked in the in the draft uh, over the next couple of years. So, you know, couldn't couldn't be happier with how it went. Um, you know, it was it was very busy, very hectic. The final day, the deadline day, was very quiet. We got a lot of our work and much of the NHL got a lot of their work done in advance. But, um, you know, I thought it was a great uh, week or so and, and really happy with how things ended up. So, Kyle, the day before deadline day, then Max Domi gets traded to the Dallas Stars. Can you just take us through what that day looked like for you and, and team? how many teams or how soon teams were calling you about Max Domi and then kind of how it all came together, ironically, when they were playing against that star, the Stars that night. It was a pretty emotional day for a lot of the players and um, Luke Richardson, too, who, who had some really great things to say about the type of character that Max is in the room for the Hawks this season. Yeah, no, that was, you know, it, again, I've said it before, trading a player is not easy. Uh, and, and you know, especially when they're, they come in and they're such great professionals, great people, great players. Uh, that Max was, and he was, he, he was a great representative for our organization. And so it's never easy to move someone like that. But, um, you know, over the, the last couple of days, there was increased interest in Max. He's had a great season. And, uh, and so, you know, it came to the point where, uh, you know, we just, there was a, there was a draft asset there that we just couldn't walk away from. And, and second round picks are very, very valuable, especially, you know, in the, the situation we're in. And so we couldn't, we couldn't turn that down. And so we did make the move, but it, you know, it's tough. It's tough to see such uh, great people and players uh, walk out the door. And so it's, um, you know, not easy, but something we had to do and, and happy with uh, the return we got. Well, I, look, I, I know this is a business and, and at the end of the day, you got to do what's best for the organization. But, you know, just like looking around the league at, at the way things are being done, you know, Kaner wasn't the only Hall of Famer of 15 plus seasons that got traded. And you just look at the stark contrast by how you handled the Kane trade, how you handled Marc-Andre Fleury getting traded last year. 
Uh, I kind of think of the word integrity. Um, It seems like you're somebody who really keeps their word. And Jack Johnson has already said he'd like to come back here. Max Domi has not been gone for 48 hours. He would like to come back here. So is that something that we should kind of come to expect with you, Kyle, uh, in your leadership style is is, uh, balancing that act of doing what's best for the organization while remembering you are trading people with families, with, with kids, with you know, more than just a number or, or, you know, a a paycheck. Yeah. You know, it's, it's always that balance you're trying to strike. And the one thing you're never going to compromise is treating people the right way, especially when they're here. Right. And I think a lot of that, uh, what you're hearing from players is, is how they're treated when they're here. And, and so, and that's what we want. We want them to feel appreciated and, and enjoy their time in Chicago. And then, you know what, if, if it comes to pass that, uh, there's an opportunity elsewhere that um, where it's a mutually beneficial situation for us to, as an organization to, you know, receive something of benefit, but also you're taking care of the player, then that's a perfect merger of, of two positive things. Right. And so, um, you know, it, I think it speaks more though to, uh, you know, less trying to find them a good spot elsewhere is, is having them enjoy the experience of being a Blackhawk. And I think, uh, you know, not only does that, come from me, I think, you know, it's probably least of all myself because I have not as much interaction as with the players, as the trainers, as the coaches, as, you know, the people in the locker room. And so it, it speaks to the, the environment that, that the players are put into in, in our locker room uh, more than anything. And so I think that's a testament to the locker room staff and the coaches. Um, but it also speaks to uh, the resources the, and the investment in, in taking care of our players that comes right from our ownership. And so it's, it's a, it's an organizational, uh, uh, you know, compliment when, when players say that, um, I, 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 I'm glad to share in that compliment because, because it means we're doing the right thing. But, um, you know, I think we just want to make sure players are as happy as possible and treat it as respectfully as possible when they're, when they're with us. How tired are you right now, Kyle? Absolutely exhausted. I'm, I'm done. I can't, I've got a, I've got a nice dinner set up with my wife and my, uh, my, my mom and stepdad after, uh, after a long day here. And I can't wait just to go and take a breath and have a good meal and just kind of shut the phone off for a couple hours. I'm really, really, I'm excited. I'm not going to lie. I'm like laughing. I'm so excited. (laughs) How many, how many hours of sleep have you averaged per night over the past week? Oh, probably. I think, I think if I got, um, four, it would probably be a good night, probably a strong night. There's a couple of them that there was, I had, you know, you're tossing and turning, trying to think about things. And I wake up (laughs) having dreams of players that aren't even on our team that I'm like supposed (laughs) to trade and stuff. Like it was crazy. It was crazy. (laughs) And so, um, yeah, it was, it was it was a it was a you know a tiring week but but a productive one and it's it's all worth it in the end but you know what that just you know what I care I want to I want to make this work I want to do this right and I want to get it right and so you know that's why you're always thinking that's why you're always putting pressure on yourself is because you care to care to make things uh work out and and, and get things right for the organization for the fans Kyle, looking at some of the the assets you acquired, the drafts, especially in 2023, but even beyond that, 2025, 2026, how do you evaluate in your philosophy, like balancing draft capital and making sure you don't have 
all these young prospects coming in in the first couple rounds and contracts that you're going to have to deal with then are you how would you evaluate i guess what you received this season and how that fits into your plan going back to last year as far as developing from within and, and building for the future here yeah you know it's uh, it, you're always kind of balancing and and a lot of it is driven to when you're talking to teams what not only what you value in their system but also what they value and what they will and won't give you so you know you're, you're there's kind of some guardrails on that as well if you know it'd be great if we could go out and say okay we want a first round pick in this year and then we want this prospect we really love who's 23 years old and ready to go and we want that guy too but it just you know normally they don't they won't they won't give that up right it's it's just how it works and um your your value of uh, how you value certain assets and players is very similar and so you know there's there's you're not going to get everything you need but the the thought on you know some of the draft picks that are a little further away is that over time those draft picks only increase in value as you get closer and so you know whereas uh if you have a pick this year you're you're pretty close to like either having to make that pick or having to trade back and push it to a further year you know it, it's a little more under the gun to to try and you know act on that pick right away so if we have some down the road it gives us some time and gives us some maneuverability to you know package those up to consider where we are down the road and how our prospects have developed if there's some maybe some holes in in our prospect pool that we we're seeing through the you know through maybe some gaps in our development that that we want to we want to fill then we can use those draft picks at that time once we give our prospects a little time to develop and see where everyone's at versus needing an answer right now and that's that's hard with young players because you don't know where they're going to grow to where the ceiling is so we want to give them time we want to give them the opportunity to develop and realize what they're going to be and where their potential is headed before we have to start filling holes and that's what future draft picks do it, it gives us a little bit of time and a little bit of maneuverability in uh in our process in our in our future build of that of that roster down the road well, Kyle, I can tell you two players you can't trade, Angelica and Willa, because uh, they're they're uh, they're sharing sharing that house with you, you know, by the United Center, and and um, yeah, you certainly can't trade them. You said you're waking up having those dreams, uh, and I'm laughing as you're telling Chris about how many hours a night you're sleeping, but. I, I have a feeling you're still not going to be getting that much more sleep with, with such a young newborn um, at home and, and kind of like going back a ways, right? Like kind of leading up to everything in your life as general manager, yeah. as a dad, all these things. When, when you were at the draft last year and you're sitting at that table and, and all of a sudden it's, it's, it's to bring cat and then it's Kirby uh, and then you start, you know, picking players in the first round, acquiring future picks. Like there's such a domino effect on all of how these things are connected. Uh, when you're mm -hmm. sitting there, you know, coming up with a plan with, with your team, you know, is it going to plan? Are you happy with, with the way that things have progressed, um, you know, from let's say the draft last year till where we are sitting here, uh, 20 minutes post trade deadline, tw you know, 2023. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm really happy. You know, you, you go into the draft and coming out of the draft, you like everyone, everyone's great. You just pick them. They haven't played a game uh, post draft and, and everyone's exact, like they're all exactly what you want. Right. And fast forward to now where there's, they've got a season under their belts and I'm even more excited, which I don't think is always the case. That's not, that's not, uh, uh, normal in this there's always you know some maybe a player that falls behind but like I feel like all the players from that last draft class have have really taken a step and then some like 
you know, Kevin has taken a huge step again, another step. Um, you know, Frank, obviously with the injury, but he's come back and he's exactly what, you know, we draft, what we thought we drafted. Sam Renzel, you know, exactly what we thought we drafted. And then you go back further in the draft and guys like Ryan Green and Aiden Thompson, Dominic James, they're, they're all just taking these steps that we only hoped they would take. You know, you never know how it's really going to work out a year out from the draft, but they've all taken a huge step and, and done everything that we hoped they would do. And so we're really excited about that. And through that, I'm, you know, you, you grow your, uh, uh, what was already a confidence in our amateur scouting group, you're even more confident and you believe even more in your ability to find players. And now we've got serious draft capital moving forward, which heading into the draft where I just named Kevin, Frank, and Sam, we didn't have any of those picks walking to drive or flying to Montreal last year. Now we've got two picks and then we've got a bunch in the second this year and flexibility to, to, you know, maybe, maybe do some more uh, damage at, at getting into the first round again, hopefully we'll see how that works out, but we've got so many options and we've got a group of amateur scouts that I'm so confident in that, you know what, I, I, this is how you build things the right way. And, and, you know, that, that patience and that, that timeline that, that we're, we're given is is you know that that's a credit to our ownership in, in trying to do this the right way but that's how you do it right that's how you get it right and that's how you can build a special group and and i'm i couldn't be more thrilled with where we are right now and, and how uh how the steps have gone so far so kyle along those lines you know is take take draft night for example in in 2022 you know all of a sudden, it's like, oh my gosh, the Blackhawks go from no first-round draft picks to three. Is there is there a pressure or an expectation that maybe you even put on yourself to have the home run trade every time? I mean, the real headline grabber, oh my gosh, we get A-plus grades on this trade. Or, you know, are there times when you have to just say to yourself, okay, this isn't this isn't a sexy trade, but this is still a step in the right direction of where we want to go. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't, you know, a lot, I, 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 the media has to do a job, right. And where it's like, who won that trade, who lost that trade. But for the most part, it's, you know, it's, it's kind of silly, right? Like, because if we quote unquote win or lose a trade, it's going to depend in our case right now on how we draft. And so like, you know what, if, if we don't do our job at the draft table with these picks and get it right there, then we're, then, then we're not doing, we're not doing well. And, and you know, that, that evaluation is, is down the road. And you know what, you're, you're just looking to gain assets, whether people think that's a big trade, a small trade, we're just trying to get what we need to build our roster down the road. And we've got a, a evaluation on, on what our players are that, that we might try and, sell off for, for those future assets. And if, if we get that, then we're going to take it despite what people think we should or shouldn't get, you know, you should get this many picks for that player. Well, you know what, we've canvassed the market and that's not necessarily the case. That's not what the market dictates. And, and, you know, you can only do as well as the best offer that's out there. And so that's, that's kind of how we evaluate things. Um, You know what, if, if the market isn't there, then we don't do it. And, and if it is there, then, then, then we will. And so, you know, uh, I'm not, I don't care about making the biggest trades. I don't care about making the, the best trades that everyone thinks, you know, we, we may have won, but, you know, we're just trying to get whatever we need to build that future roster because in 
honestly, in, in a couple of years, it's going to be a different conversation. We're going to be talking about players that we drafted that have or haven't developed. And so that's the next conversation. So we just, you know, we put our heads down and, and we grind and, and just do the work and try and make the best decisions along the way, because that's how we win our own situation. We're not trying to beat anyone else in these situations. We're just trying to win our own situation. Kyle, as much as this is the busiest time of year for you, it, it, and of course, like you want to be closer to winning a championship, that's the end goal. Is this one of the most exciting parts for you as you look at this rebuild? And this is kind of the bread and butter for, like you said, the amateur scouts, the, the player development coaches. Like this is where you're really sinking your teeth in and you're going to lay out your blueprint. I mean, how do you kind of map out when the next set of challenges is going to come and how you evaluate this team? Is this sort of the most exciting part for you? And like you said, having all this draft capital and now you're getting to make all the decisions and kind of carve your own path out now in year two. Yeah, to me, you know, the, the trade deadline for like, there's a couple of stages here. Like the trade deadline to me is, it's, it's hard. Like I, you know, some people think it's fun. Like I think it's pretty stressful to be honest, because, you know, I don't, again, like I mentioned before, when we're talking about these players, I don't like moving players out. That's not fun, you know, because I, I believe players like playing here and, and in trading them, you know, you're moving them out of a situation that they like. Now, granted, they might be going to a new situation where winning is, is, is uh, something that's available to them. And that is fun, but you know, it's, it's tough. And so, yeah, getting those, those future assets is great. It's fun. But, um, you know, the, the part that's really exciting for me would be the, uh, you know, putting the, the plan into action once we have the assets. So that's at the draft, that's at, you know, the trade market when you're acquiring players, you know, selling players off is not, that's not fun. It's part of what we have to do, but it's not too fun. The draft and acquiring and bringing talent in, that's the fun part. And that's what we're getting to. Uh, moving forward here as we try and build that roster uh, down the road. Well, I, I'm going to, I'm going to go a little off the board here, but uh, now that the trade deadline's done, what's, what's been the, the biggest adjustment for you with your, uh, your new life of, of being a dad? I mean, I know you're like one of my, my parent advisors. I'm, I'm always, uh, <laughs> you know, gr grilling you for information about it, right. here, but uh, what, what's been uh, the biggest surprise for you and then how much are you looking forward to maybe having a little bit more free time to, to spend with your daughter? Yeah. I, you know, honestly, I think the one thing that, that, you know, I, I knew it all along and, and you just, but you learn is like, how amazing my wife is and how lucky I am to have a wife that supports me and just wants me to be great at my job and gives me the freedom to do that. Um, you know, I, we had a couple road trips in the last little while and I thought, Oh, you know, like, it'll be, you know, maybe get on the road and, 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 you know, I'll just like grind and work and, and, you know, that'll take my mind off home. But like you miss home so much and you worry that you're not around and, and you want to help out. But, you know, having that reassurance from home that, that, you know, everything's good. We've got this, you know, Will is doing great. Like that's, you know, that you can't, you can't put a price or, or an, a level of a, a, an appropriate level of appreciation on that. Um, and then you get home and you see, you know, she's, she's growing, she's getting bigger and, and like you've kind of missed some of these stages. So it's, you know, you want to be home. And so that's what I'm really looking forward to is, is spending some extra time at home and, and maybe giving my wife a break instead of her giving me all this this leeway. I think it's time for her to get a little uh, get a little break herself. And so hopefully I can provide that over the next little while and be a little more present than I have been as of late. 
On that note, quick, Kyle, just what's one of the things that Willa's doing right now or one of the, the most rewarding parts when you get home? What do you love about doing with Willa or seeing her as she grows and, and makes those changes? What's she doing right now? I think now it's just she's 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 able to track and like and see and like recognize you right and so that smile comes out and you're just like oh my gosh this is the best thing ever this is the best when she you realize she recognizes you and and just has that big smile and 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 is excited to see you that's it's just that's the best feeling in the world so yeah it's 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 pretty amazing well, your smile says it all. Sorry, Chris, but I'm I'm watching you here as we're talking <laughs> yeah. to you, and your your uh, your cheekbones are, are are touching your ears talking about. That's your my daughter so and the sleep deprivation. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you're a yeah, great yeah. dad, great yeah. GM. Yeah, Angelica's no, killing it. Yeah. It's going well. Yeah, yeah. No. that's what I was gonna say. You 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 tell Angelica from us that that we think she deserves a bottle of wine for getting through the trade deadline, <laughs> or, or, or a nice <laughs> vacation, or something. Yeah, yeah. Both. I know. Uh, hey, for sure. I know. It's. I'm aware. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she, and she does deserve Kyle, it. Kyle, so. uh, Kyle, you have been so accessible to us and and lots of other media outlets through this entire process, and it, it's uh, it's almost unheard of in the in this industry so we really appreciate it you've been uh so personable through this entire process as stressful as it is and we really appreciate it so thank you so much for coming on and again congratulations on on the moves that you made to advance this organization forward and took a lot of conviction to make them and and we're really excited for what the future has in store thank you so much i appreciate it thanks well, that was an amazing conversation with Kyle. And to echo what I told him before we said so long, he's been so great through this entire process. And, you know, for me going through this trade deadline experience really for the first time and, and seeing Patrick Kane get traded, seeing Jake McCabe and Sam Lafferty get traded, Jack Johnson, Max Domi, all within, you know, a, a three or four day span. There was a lot of shock value. It, it was emotional being around the team at the United Center when these deals were going down. And I think it's easy to get lost in, in your feelings about all of the activity that's happened over the past few days. But when you really step back and look at the big picture, this is all part of Kyle Davidson's plan that he outlined when he became the full-time general manager about one year ago. So that makes it really exciting for me as I try and process this, that, hey, this is just the next – this was a big step, but this was the next step in in the plan to move this organization forward and, and get the team back into playoffs and, and Stanley Cup contention. So it, it, it's been quite a week for me. I was just on the sidelines. I mean, admittedly, I had a great view, a great seat for all of this action, but – I mean, this was this was quite a week to be a part of, and I'm, I I feel like I'm catching my breath from all of this as well. I don't, Colby. I don't know if how you, you know you've been around hockey a, a lot longer than I have, but um, I don't know if you feel any any type of way based on everything that's gone down this week. I do actually think, Chris, that this year was a little bit different. I mean, look, I've been traded before, so there is some desensitization. Like, uh, like I'm a little desensitized from it. I might have just made up the word desensitization, by the way. <laughs> No, you know, full no judgment here. But, no uh, judgment here. We know what you meant. 
Yeah, okay. So I like feel a little desensitized to a lot of the trades because I, I've been traded and like out of nowhere, not at the trade deadline, rolled up for practice one day. Hey, the GM needs to talk to you. Thought I was either, uh, you know, I thought I was getting sent back to the minors. I, I never in a million years thought that that was happening. And then it was just like, whoa, the world is spinning. So, um, but this year was different. And, and the reason that I feel like it was a little different was because there was a lot of transparency, which is what you were just talking about, Chris. Like Kyle laid out a plan um, and he's very much stuck to that plan. And, you know, I, I bring this up from time to time that, you know, I, I'm from Philadelphia. I grew up in Philadelphia. I worked in Philadelphia and I sort of see where they are as an organization. And I see how upset everyone is there because there is no plan. There's no transparency and no plan. No one can figure out what the general manager's doing. Ownership. I mean, it's, it's a cluster. And I think that people here understand the plan. And I think that helps. Um, people aren't angry or frustrated because they, they understand. Yes, it's emotional. I mean, I, I was... Uh, you know, I saw Shilpa yesterday at the United Center, who's been working here for ever for all Tell the cups. Years, yeah. I mean, she's been here for every cup. And like it was emotional for her because this is like her family and a lot of people's family. And so I do understand that. I think the Patrick Kane one for me was like the biggest, obviously, because that just sends shockwaves through the entire sport of hockey and really the whole sports world. It's not just hockey when a player like that gets traded, but um, I do appreciate sort of the, the, the integrity that Kyle handled these situations with. I mean, uh, Max Domi said yesterday he had been in communication with Kyle in the morning, but he was still a Blackhawk at the time. Um, so like, I just think that is the difference that I noticed this year, Chris, that I've never seen before in a pro sports organization is that level of transparency, that level of sort of integrity and sort of the, uh, human nature of the way that they handled all these situations. And, and Kaylee, you know, you grew up around this game. Your dad was traded. You've lived this, uh, in a, in a different role, but you've lived it probably more than anyone, really. I mean, and so I'm curious if maybe you see or felt that as well, or if you've seen it before, or maybe we're too close to it. I don't really know, uh, but I'd be kind of curious to hear your perspective on that. Well, I was going to say the same thing as you as far as transparency and what Kyle Davidson has done, the way he's carried himself since becoming general manager. There was a, a need and a desperation for a direction with this organization, and they sort of needed to start from scratch, bring in a leadership group, and, and lay the foundation. So I totally echo your sentiment in that regard. As far as being traded, sure. My, my dad was in a different position with the Blackhawks than Patrick Kane, so I know when Patrick asked my dad about getting traded, he had asked – a couple other former Blackhawks, including his teammate Duncan Keith. It was just different situation. But, yeah, obviously being traded. And the one thing that I thought was really unique, and when you talk about the way Kyle handled the Kane trade specifically with class, with grace, with respect, um, you know, Kane is going to be welcomed back here forever. I remember when my dad came back to be acknowledged for something and he was booed. Um, you know, it was tough. He went to Detroit. They were rivals. It was heated. And, you know, my dad felt really bad for us, even though we didn't care because he was being booed. And it's, there's a lot of emotions and it's exciting to be a, you know, you love the fans, but they can be hard on you sometimes. So there's certainly a human element 
Kyle described that, and like he said, it's it's not fun to have to send guys away and, and treat them like assets and not people, especially somebody like Kyle who's been around Patrick Kane and watched him grow up and has been in this organization. Who better than someone within like Kyle to handle you know, his departure the way he did? So I just want to say, yeah, I, I agree. The way that he's carried himself, the organization has set a plan in motion, and they're checking all the boxes right now. So as a Blackhawks fan, even more so than last year, this year, I'm still excited. That's not easy to say in a rebuild. They're the dog days. You know, I've talked to a couple of GMs before who are, who are going through the rebuild, and it's a grind. But I will say this first year has, has been a, a very pleasant surprise, and I'm still enjoying it. The players still seem to be enjoying it, and this is probably the hardest week of the season for all of them as a group, just getting dismantled after – putting together a, a pretty impressive run under this coaching staff yeah. and leadership group. Well, and look how, look how LA handled Jonathan quick. I mean, two Stanley cups, hall of fame career, 15 years in LA. And, you know, quickie walked out of the locker room after playing a game on the East coast and the, somebody walked up to him from the organization and handed him a cell phone and said, here, you got to talk to Rob. Like, those guys were teammates. Rob Blake and Jonathan Quick were teammates on the LA Kings before Rob Blake was the GM versus player. So, I mean, when you hear that and you see how that was handled, you send him to Columbus, a non-playoff team. I, it's just, it's like unfathomable that there was, and they never had a conversation with him in advance. I know this because we're represented by the same representation um, and so it, it's, it's crazy. And when you compare and contrast, and I kind of said it to Kyle, but I didn't want to go into it because Kyle will never say a bad word about it. Like, that's just not his style, but like I will, because like I was disgusted <laughs> by that. I really was. I couldn't believe how LA handled that. And Chris, you know, going back to your original thought, just look at the stark contrast in how organization, the organizations have handled their franchise icons because quick is a franchise icon in LA as well. It's been quite a week. There will be plenty of new faces, names and numbers on the ice wearing Blackhawk sweaters over the final 20 games, but it's a, it never a dull moment. And, and to echo what Kaylee said, I'm still really excited for the rest of the season and for what's in store. And it's going to be, as interesting of an off season as there's ever been for this franchise as well. So this will wrap up our very special Blackhawks insider podcast trade deadline episode as my uh, computer light just went out. So if that's not a cue to wrap things up, I don't know what is we'll be back on our regular weekly schedule next week. So thanks very much for sticking with us through the trade deadline twists and turns for Kaylee Colby, I'm Chris. Our thanks once again to Kyle Davidson for joining us today. Jenna Rose and Trevor Bray, our producers. And as always, Brad Dollar and Southside Jake for the music featured on the podcast. Fans, our listeners and viewers, thank you so much for tuning in. Any more content you want to consume or digest, it's always available at Blackhawks.com. We will talk to you next week. Can't wait. What's on the agenda for the next episode of the Blackhawks Insider Podcast. Talk to you then.